Welcome everyone to another episode of Classroom to Staffroom where we talk all things teaching. I'm joined by my co-host Jody Epia. How are we all? I'm Miles O'Kane and we look forward to taking you all along for the ride. My man, two weeks to go just over the tunnel. The light is there. How are we feeling? Good. I think one of the cool things that I'm liking right now. Yep. As a, as a partner, we're really honed in on our year nine and the team's been really for year 10. Mm-hmm. So that's been real positive, just keeping them proactive on, on their learning towards next year. Mm. I thought I told my year nine today that they're going to be taking their folders with them, so I'll keep them for this year, but when they can start the new year. Oh, the pass on to the following year. Yeah, I was thinking about that. The consistency, so they've got notes from this year they can carry over. Yep. Where's your energy levels at these days? Not bad. I think once I'm up, I'm good to go. I think I hit the wall. I think when I get home, when I actually do get home, roughly between, say, before dinner, I have a little just sit down. Yep. Sit down and relax and just chill out. Yep. Take the dogs for a walk and then get them ready and then just chill. Are you a nap person? Do you take naps? Yeah, well, if I do, I think my naps turn into a long, long sleep. <laughs> but yeah, so I was I was always against naps and then I was just reading something the other day. So I started doing the hour naps in the afternoon. I, they're, they're working for me. Like I'm feeling mm. a bit more refreshed. I think there's a, the re-energise for whatever the second part of the afternoon or whatever happens to be. I definitely am feeling the lack of energy at school these days. I think it's just, I'm hoping it's the end of the year and it's nothing more than that, but it's, uh, yeah, you do start to come a bit frazzled, I think. I think, I think at this time of the year as well, because of all things that happen, you're losing kids, you're losing year groups, uh, report writing is, is in, in amongst everything, mm-hmm. making sure all of your reports are on point and so forth, and before you've been in your position, they have to have to oversee all of the department and things. So that's, yeah, it, it all ends up, it ends up. What's your grammar like? Mine's shocking. I thought I'd wish my grammar was better, but mine is shocking. If you give yourself a score out of 10 for your grammar, mm. what would you give yourself? I'll give no, myself a three. I'll give myself around a seven. Oh, my right. not Okay. Yeah. Are you better at grammar or better at spelling? I think I'm better at grammar. Jeez. So the old, the old word that may get me, but I can get my way through it. But I think my grammar putting things down. It's neat how you can manipulate words to mean something different. Yep. So that that's the part of grammar that I like. Yep. Mm. Do you know when to use a semicolon? I don't. I do. Do you? Stop yeah. it, do you really? Yes. When do you use a semicolon? After however. <laughs> is this true? Are you saying this? No, I'm <laughs> But the always, no, it's not just after however all the time. Like when else do you use it? There's always a time when you're trying to make a statement. <laughs> oh, the empire <laughs> comes strong. I shouldn't have doubted you. That's impressive. Yeah. I can't even. <laughs> I remember we got hammered with that semicolon, but they were told this is the only time you need to use it. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll just use these comments. I think you should be running PDs on how to write report no, comments. If any man that knows old lady or knows how to use a semicolon out there in this day and age is impressive. I, I still struggle when to use a comma. Yeah. And I've written two books. <laughs> still can't. Still don't know. Semi bloody illiterate. Yeah. Um, so today's episode. Hindsight. Oh, I should know. Missed the question. I apologise. We go back. The question out of left field. If you were to be remembered for one thing, what would you want it to be? Mm. I'll put it into one word. Fair. Fair. Mm. Fair as in consistent? Yeah. Just trying to make it so that, you know, if it's not fair, then knowing, I don't know if this is one word, but it's like the kids knew that you that I was there mm-hmm. for them. Like that whole sense of that you're investing everything into the kids be remembered for the actual kid. Sure. Yeah. Um, actions, not words, is how I try to live my life. I think, without trying to get too philosophical about it all, I think it's easy to say stuff. 
I think you probably to actually try say stuff and then back it up. That's right. That's what it comes down to. Um, okay, so that being said, in today's episode, hindsight is a beautiful thing. Oh, yes. It really is, especially this time of the year. <laughs> um, so we're going to look at things we wish we knew about teaching before we started or things if we had known, things we would have known that would have helped us progress quicker maybe at times without yeah. as much difficulty. So looking back to see ourselves now, what we wish we knew before we started teaching, my first one, longer hours isn't sustainable. I got caught in the trap when I first started teaching to stay. I was up getting up in the country and younger, not a family and stuff. I'd be staying to five or six at night to do planning and assessment marking and data entry and the rest of it. I couldn't do that these days. And I, you shouldn't have to as well. Yeah. I think it's the big change in philosophy for me was being more effective within shorter hours. Where I think now I think it took experience to get there. But these days, I would a more effective getting to school and then finishing at three than getting to school earlier and finishing at five. Yep. But that's taking time to get there. I think that's a honing the practice as well. And I think that can be new teachers going into the profession that don't really understand it until they get in there. That's almost like because teaching is so busy during the day, you don't get time for anything. They say that when there's dot times and stuff there, but you should catch up with students mm. or just try to get a coffee or something into you to unwind, I think that can be a bit of a throw-off factor for new teachers as well as all the extra amount of work on top. I'm going to jump right on that one as well. Um, so you're more effective if you're making sure that when you're, when you're at school, you're doing everything meticulously to the point where you've got a down pack. Yes. So that you're not um, losing time doing other things that you shouldn't be doing in the team. But if you're, if you're focused on the stuff that you want to get done, so for example, I've always got two to three objectives that I want my class to achieve mm-hmm. before we finish. Yeah, and that way it's focused on that point, those points, and then it's a time management as well, isn't that's it? it. Yeah, so I've done it really early in my career that if I couldn't get it done today, there's another day tomorrow. Yeah, and that's even in my to-do list that like we talked about. I I had to let go of. I'm not going to get everything done. If mm-hmm. I don't get everything done, that's fine. Yeah. but that that took a bit to get used to as well, um, because it is because everything is so. Um, so many unknowns throughout the day in teaching. Yeah. They constantly add to that list and have to reprioritize. Um, co-workers' respect is earned, not given. Yeah. What, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Oh, you know, working at many different schools, it, it is one of those things. You've got to, you know, you can't just expect it to happen. You've got to also show what you've got. You've also got to show that you're a team player. You've also got to show that you support others or... or you're ready to pull the trigger when something's not right. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also respectful. Yeah. Because you're not leading them down a path that they shouldn't go down. And I think I probably came in as probably similar to yourself, quite energetic and stuff, and wanted to make a difference since then early on in the profession. But I think especially in hard to tough schools like we've worked at and work at now, there's teachers that have been around for a while that have probably seen a heap of teachers come through as well for mm. a year or two. So it's not necessarily them being rude or disrespectful. There to see a who's waiting around or who's going to be around, yep. and then b is interesting how much of the teaching environments of the campus picks up who the strong teachers are as well. Mm. And it's not going around self-professing that no, no one does that in teaching anyway, yeah. but you can definitely see who's got the good relationships, who's got the good classroom structures, who the kids respect, and I I think that's one that teachers have to be careful of, especially new teachers 
is not being everyone's mate as a teacher, yeah. but then being the respectful figure. So it's having to make those hard calls at times, but then the firm but fair, which we always go back to, you're pulling kids up, but you're being fair across the board. Yeah. And I think that's, because yeah, like I know I felt probably trapped to it. It's nice being seen as being popular, but you want to actually be and play your professional role as well yeah. and have the bigger impact. And that in itself, if you're stickler to your structures, that also earns your respect from other people. So the fact that, oh, geez, you know, this person's not just saying things. Yep. They're actually doing and walking a lot. So what, what kind of, what's two or three things that you can see, even not knowing a teacher, that stands out for you? Is that someone that's respected? The ones who are genuinely there who want to make change. You see those, you can easily see those ones, and you can see the ones who are there just like, hmm. But you can tell them those ones who really want to make change, they are quite committed to their classes. And, yeah. you know, it rubs off and other people see it without them even trying. Others actually, and you can hear it in the conversation. Um, you can other teachers start talking about what that teacher's like. It just becomes a part of who that person is, that persona of that person. Yes. It's also reflected in the way that the kids hold themselves when they leave the class or when they're in the class. Yeah. And they go to other classes and they... Teachers would say things like, oh, you wouldn't do this if so-and-so was here, or you wouldn't do like that. So. Yeah, that's that's a big one for me. And I noticed that when I was coming through the profession, was those students that would have been harder, they see in different classes, yeah. there's that one teacher who suddenly the behaviour changes. Yeah. They go from being the rat bag, and as soon as that teacher's around, mm. majority of the, those rat bag behaviours start to get pulled in. Oh, I watched this one teacher who came in, well, some of them just came into my class and just having yarn and I had class, class coming. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the, this group of kids walked in, um, all the boys know to take their hats off when they come through the door. Yep. All the boys are taking their hats, put it on their, ta- on their tables, and this lady looked at me and she goes, what do they get for taking off their hat? I said, what do you mean? She goes, oh, I have, these kids don't take their hats off. <laughs> oh, she's being serious. Yeah. <laughs> Education. <laughs> yeah. Move to a better life. Yeah, exactly. And I said, it's just teaching them respect that when they come into my room, it's a respectful thing. And I'll take it off the hello sir. Yep. Sit down. But she was saying they were, they had never taken the hats off when they entered into her classroom. Yeah. And I said, Well that's also an expectation that you have to it's something that you create. It's not something that you go, Oh, do you mind it? Take your hats off. And the kids are like, Oh, sorry, sir. And it's one of those. And ma- yeah, manners are going, I find teaching manners from students are going on the wayside as well, mm-hmm. which frustrates me because it doesn't take much to be polite to someone. Sure. You know, and I, even when I'm handing out stuff, I always have people say thanks to me, students, yeah. I thank them back. Yeah. And it keeps, it's because you reward, you're enforcing good behavior, sure. you know. And I think that's one of the beautiful things is that when kids can see things like that and they understand mm-hmm. why they do it, but it's weird how they change depending on who they've got. So they could be like this for a certain teacher and they could be like this for another teacher. Mm. Um, but I suppose it's just that expectation, raising that bar to say, we don't accept anything other than this. And I think even as a whole, whole school, most schools should just hold that mantle really high and don't accept it, irrespective. Because and it, I think especially in those bigger schools, I mean, in all schools, but the bigger schools especially, bigger student populations, if it's a couple of teachers break it, then the whole thing just sort of mm. floods. Yeah which can get a bit dangerous yeah, at times. Yeah. Not every student is going to think you're the best teacher in the world. Mm. And that can be, uh, I guess I know I was quite, I still am quite prideful in what I do. So I always had the expectations that I was going to be a very important teacher to these students. But then I learned to realise that you'd be able to, uh, you know, if you don't get every student, 
it's not going to be, you know, like it's the majority's not a bad thing either. Mm. You know, and learning that to be able to let go of that one or two students, but you're still making a difference. Well, see, that one or two students that made this life it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But that kid might actually have a good relationship with someone else for whatever reason. So it's, yeah, you're right. Sometimes there are kids that you just can't get through to because of whatever. But the majority of the kids who you try to get on get on the side, and as long as they understand that you're there for them, that you're there and you care about them and their future, nine times out of ten, kids will go, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do, so. Sometimes you have to play bad cop and really come down and say, look, I'm here for you all that understand that, but you've got to meet them halfway. Yeah. And it's those kids that still want to dig the heels in. Those ones there, you've got to also make them realise that by making this choice, you're, you're the one who's actually suffering, not me. So when, once they get over themselves and figure out, oh, geez, he's actually right. Yes. Trying to think, then they sort of come and play the game. And when they're playing the game, that, that whole, I'm too cool or whatever, digging in heels, it's like all forgotten and just seeing them looking around trying to figure out how to do the work. So, yeah, the realisation, when they come to the revelation of what well, mm-hmm. improves the kid, mm-hmm. nine times out of the kids. That's, that's, I find that's a funny one as well, when you've got that shoe and you're trying to play up and then suddenly it's not cool to play up and the kids aren't, the rest of the students aren't reacting to it. They're like, <laughs> it just takes the wind out of their sails. Yeah. And like, I get it. Like, you're trying to be, um, you know, put the spotlight on you. Yeah. It's just we don't need to do it right now. You know, you, you're better off doing the work and then trying to help yourself out and improve yourself than wasting the time around. Um, it's essential to ask for help when you are stuck. I was very much a one-man army when I started teaching and didn't reach out for help that much. I was lucky I had a good head department um, when I started who'd been um, around for a long time, especially in that country town for a long time. But we, I've had it hard to reach out, man. And again, I think it's definitely, it was a pride thing for me, but I think it's very important for new teaching, for new teachers, sorry, or teachers in general. I think the, you keep saying over and over, the teaching environment's getting more and more dynamic these days and more and more stressful, the more support we have for each other. Mm. You know, or what's the saying, all, all rising tides raises all yeah. boats, or whatever it is, we all work together, better levels. And that's exactly what you know, it's one of those things that you also tell your kids in your own classroom. Mm. You know, hacks if you don't understand. Or as teachers, as you said, sometimes pride gets annoying, but you remove, remove pride and you go straight and get the answers or the shortcut ways to, or the cheat sheets of how to how systems run or how to work this or how to do that. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, we all work, so not having to make it hard for anyone. Yeah, and you, cause you do, there is an element in teaching that you feel like you're reinventing the wheel. Mm. And I, I've been to that a couple of times off my own, um, me doing it. Yeah. We go sit there and go, oh, let's just reach out to people, reach out to people, make it more effective and more efficient. Yeah. And then, yeah, no, it's definitely that. And I think it's, and it keeps you, otherwise, it keeps you prioritised as well. So back to the previous points, wherever it was, it keeps you focused mm-hmm. and prioritised and where you need to be before you try and do everything at once. Yeah. And it gets overwhelming. Asking for help is always a good thing. If you don't know, ask. Well, we teach that every time. We teach it to people. If you don't understand part of the process, ask. And it's not, it's not whether you're good enough to know, it's just more so the fact of it helps you in the long run because by acting and seeking out yeah. and getting the information, you're not burning someone else. In yeah. sense. So if you offer that, if you're the other side of it, the equation where you're offering now, you're actually helping yourself at the same time because it's, it's like if you can teach the whole village sort of thing, yeah. and everybody works together to make, that, make it work. 
But I think I think in most group situations, the most team situation, everyone feel everyone wants to feel like they're contributing, mm. and pe- people want to be noticed and want to have opinions. But they, may, they just want to be part of the tribe yep. and feel like yep. they're all working yep. together. Yep. In any way, shape, or form, as long as you're part of, it, it, you just want to, you have that sense of belonging to something. Yeah, and working towards a similar goal. Yep. Mm. Teaching is trial and error. So things we wish we knew before we started teaching. Do you agree mm-hmm. teaching is trial and error? Oh, mate, it, it is. I, I do. Would you go as far as say life is trial and error? Yeah, well, pretty much. Oh, well. oh, that didn't work. No. <laughs> <laughs> let's try again. <laughs> Look, there's special mathematical ways to do this, but let's just keep trying different approaches. I did it today. I just guessed and checked for yeah. one thing. I'm like, this still works. Yeah. It's still a foolproof strategy. But I think there's that, and I think there's in teaching, you need to keep stuff fresh as well. Yeah. Not just for the engagement of kids, but for your sanity as well. I know there is, there is importance to having routine and structures. But within that, if you can keep stuff relatively fresh by yeah. trying new things, yeah. but it's having the like, like I always say, it's having the guts to do it. Yeah. And stuff stuff can go very badly during those yeah. lessons, but you learn from it. The cool thing is though is that once you establish good routines, you can actually step out and face and try something new. Like right now, um, I've got a group of kids, my group of year seven kids, and I'm teaching them how to do notation mm-hmm. with chess. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is quite hard for kids to actually follow, but slowly, and I said, what you're going to realise is this will slow you down so you're not quickly to make your move. It allows you to watch what's going on, write down what's going on. But the notation itself was quite hard for some of the kids. And when you see some of the kids all, all of a sudden get it, it's like, wow. And I said, what we're going to do with these games that's being played and being written down, mm-hmm. we're going to pass it to someone else and see if they can follow the rules. It's so neat. Uh, just looking at the time, we're a little bit short today. That's fine. Um, the last one. Here's a different one. Teachers are territorial and habitual creatures. <laughs> try not to ruffle their feathers. So teachers are territorial and habitual creatures. Try not to ruffle feathers. I think there's a level of ruffling feathers that need to be done. But I don't think it's just going into the the bullpen and stirring <laughs> up everyone. You know, I think you, if you're new to school somewhere, you'd sit back for a couple of months and see what's happening. Yeah. But then again, like if you've got suggestions, just make sure you've got solutions Absolutely. to offer as well. But I, I, do you think teachers are territorial? Maybe it's just the teachers I hang around with because I'm, <laughs> I'm very territorial. I am, bro. But I think it's like, yeah, <laughs> because when I'm not territorial, stuff seems to go pear-shaped. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny when you know that you have expectations in your room. And another person. Ah, it breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. You come in there, everything lined up, you know exactly where every pen is, <laughs> and suddenly it's not there. You're like, how? Oh, I'm, I'm very territorial with that sort of stuff. It's like I had to, I had to be bought, tell a, a colleague off who uses the same room um, just to keep it tight. Yeah. Or leave it better than what was. Yeah. Stuff all over the place. And, and me telling that person off, they took it on board, and it's not been missing ever since, yeah. which is good. Yeah. But now and again, you might just have to go, hey, we'll check in. It reminds me when you were first sharing houses, there's always that one room that was frigging useless. You know, what do you, you always pay your rent late, you never cook any food, and you just mess everything up. Yeah. But you're right, you can't just go in like a, a ball in a china shop and start making yeah. all these things. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm three, four years deep into this, this particular I know everything. Thing. And, see, I'm bold enough to borrow a particular pencil sharpener. 
and forget to take it back. Yeah, but you know what? You, yeah, yeah, but that's not just once or twice. That's been like three times, and that's three times in two days. This is the cool thing that everybody knows where it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So even on that, there's power to knowing where stuff is yeah, yeah. and having routines and habits around. Um, but, yeah, I think in terms of the last bit, don't be afraid to ruffle feathers, but just make sure it's in a constructive way. You're always trying to get the best out of the situation for the students is what we're doing, or the staff members to work with students. Yep. The simply says in, uh, in this book that I read, bro, you have to ruffle sometimes in order for something great to come out. Mm-hmm. You can't just accept the status quo if everything's going not so well. Yeah. So you have to have sometimes those uncomfortable conversations or, hey, why isn't this working or why isn't that working? It's not actually having a go at someone, it's just wanting to make the process better. Yeah, you know? to make everyone... Yeah. And yeah, you relate it back to everyone getting better in the process. Yeah. Definitely. And, and I agree with that. I agree. Like, if, I, like, I like it when, when I get told off in the sense because it's going to help, mm-hmm. that I like, as you say, it's a constructive one. It's when those who come in and just want to have a go, that's not being productive or constructive. It's a when you're trying to make it so the processes are easier for everyone, or you're lifting up the whole department. That's that's constructive criticism. Yeah. And we got to welcome that, you know. Um, unfortunately, bro, sometimes adults are the worst to get offended so easily. Yeah, why do you think that is? Oh. Pride and st- stuck in their ways. Change is scary, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I see you got a call for what it is, though, you know, and you either learn from it or you don't. It's either one or the other. If you don't learn from it, then you, you struggle with it. But if you learn from it, you, we are an ever evolving teaching. Yeah. It's, it's evolving all the time. Well, you never lose it. It's just a, a learning experience, then, right. isn't it? Right. Which, yeah, which is a very powerful way to look at stuff. Yeah. You just got to keep keep focus on the fact that teaching, the old way of teaching was tried and true, yeah, great. The new way of teaching, if you can combine both of them and you take up the bits of it that work really well for you as, a, as an individual teacher, yep. do that. Don't just go all this way because that's what you already know. Invite, and invite for yourself a variety of different ways of teaching things because if you shut your blinders off to other things, you're not going to grow as a teacher. You're just going to always just do it this way and say, no, it's done. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And then, then it starts coming stuck in your ways and it's more harm than good, isn't it? And you become too rigid. Yeah. And I, I went through a period in my teaching like that. But it was, yeah, I mean, it's it, you do it very much, but since I had to get out of it and you get out of it, like it's just there's so much growth there to be had. Because if, you, if you're teachable, everything becomes easier. Yeah. If you, if, you, if you harden yourself to new ways or new knowledge, then you're going to make it harder for yourself. Mm. That's not good. So be pliable, be flexible. Mm-hmm. You have that ability to try and just, oh, wow, this is a cool way of doing it. You know, like even for myself, mm. I'm so happy that I've got uh, two year nine groups mm. because what I do with this year nine group, and I think, oh, that didn't work so well. So I'll mm. lift it up on the next group and tweak it a bit. And then, oh, that, that's great. Let's try it back in that group. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, final points. You will have countless opportunities to make a difference. I think that's what all teaching should be about. And I think you'll have good days and bad, probably more bad days than good days, but you'll always make a difference and there's always a chance to make a difference. And I think if you tie everything back to that, that's what you just focus on. It might be small wins and it might roll into bigger wins, but that's what we all started teaching with. That's a Every little battle that you win, will you end eventually win the war. 
It's about just making sure you're doing the little battle, mm -hmm. doing it really well. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, you talk, look at the kids and the kids are like, you watch them, I'm using a chess terminology here, you're watching them actually figuring out, oh, he takes that, I'll take this and then he'll take that. Yeah. So you're watching them trying to figure out how critically what's going to happen. And then I said, oh, come on, bring your, bring, come on, let's go. You're ready to go to war. And one, at the end of it, the kid goes, oh, you've got three pieces ready to take me on and I've only got two. Yeah. So I'm ready to go when you're ready. Um, just as we conclude, look, thanks everyone for listening. Um, we This is going to be our last podcast for the year. We started this this time last year with an idea, just thought, what about a podcast? Didn't know if we'd get to this point, but 20 plus episodes in. What was the original number you thought we'd get to? 10. <laughs> I thought if we got to 10, we're doing well. We got to 10 by like 10 too. Yeah, yeah. But no, again, I mean, we, we thank you for listening. We appreciate everyone. Yes. Um, we're looking to build this platform as we go forward. Hopefully we'll be back soon, early in the next year. All the teachers out there, look after yourselves, get yeah. some rest, get geared up for the following year. Enjoy the holidays. Right. Yeah, we could. Um, don't think about anything until we come back. Just, uh, yeah, this is a great platform, I think, for any teachers or any emerging teachers or teachers that are still in, in the game. It's, it's not us telling you how, or telling you how to, um, you know, do things. It's more yeah. so just what we experience and how we see it and what we think is the best practice. That's all. Yeah. Julian, that's getting our thoughts out there. Mm. That's all it is. So rest up. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you in the new year. Mm, thank you.